the uh, past about faith. We've been talking about how it works and exactly how we can operate in it. And we're going to continue with that. I'm not going to get everything done that I have this morning as far as this full message because we're going to do it this week and next week. But how many have ever heard the phrase, uh, I just need a breath of fresh air? Sometimes, have you ever been someplace where you just feel it's just really stuffy or, you know, man, um, how many remember where where there was no law where you could just smoke in a restaurant? Oh, help me, Jesus. You know, you'd be somewhere and sometimes Kim and I go to a restaurant. We're like, oh, this is great. And the guy right behind me is like a chimney. (gasps) And you're just like, oh, okay. And sometimes you just I got to get I got to get some fresh air. Well, the the title of this message is I'm going to get a breath of faith there. And it sounds kind of corny, but I want you to understand something. It's time for us to make this connection. It's time for us to figure out how we can do what we can do and do it God's way and find results. I, you know, I don't, how many wants to go on a diet that you know doesn't work? You know, if you're, if you're overweight and you're going, hey, I'll do that diet. And they say, I guarantee you it won't work. Give it to me. You'd be, you know, that's not going to make any sense. I want to do something that makes sense. Not really my natural sense, but I know works. I know there's fruit from it. So you see, when we start talking about faith, it starts talking about different things than what we can even understand. When we talk about faith, it goes into a different time zone. It changes because in the temporal, in our flesh realm, we're all subject to time. You know, there's people that are, you know, uh, there's some people, if you've ever watched Dick Clark, it seems like he didn't age for the longest time, you know. I mean, it's just like, wow, my, my wife's like that. The, you know, she's gotten older and gotten prettier. You know what I mean? There's just, I don't know how that works. I mean, I'm glad. But, you know, in, in the faith zone, there is no time zone. It doesn't go by time. So we got to talk that way. We got to understand in the supernatural, it isn't controlled by time so we've elevated that my confession now here's what so if i'm going to talk no time if i'm going to talk faith i'm going to talk in the zone that is not in the time does that make sense you got it so i've got to get my mouth and my confession going with what god says in this particular realm if you remember just a review the enemy was kicked out of this zone He's going to tempt you in your five cent zone, in your flesh zone. That's how he's going to mess with you. And he's going to get you upset. He's going to get your emotions. He's going to get all, all this. In the zone, you're going to have to get what you need to get back into this place. You can go where he cannot go. He was kicked out of there. You are a more dimensional being than that. You can get to where he can't be and you can get it back to you. We're going to help you get that done. So my confession is going to rule me. Life and death are in my mouth, in my tongue, in what I say. So I have to talk no time in a sense. So if I'm not using my authority, if I, if I keep things out there and I never bring them from that zone, from faith, into my zone here, now I'm not going to lose you. I'll explain everything. Then I never see anything. Nothing ever happens. And we talk about walking by faith. We, we talk about it, but we really don't believe it because we've not seen anything happen or we're not acting out in that fruit. We, we just don't see it. Sometimes we have a plan B. If this doesn't work, I'll go over to my, my parents or my in-laws. If I didn't get the money, I'll borrow it from them. Can I tell you, if you have a plan B, your plan B is your plan A. Because you don't have any faith in your plan A because you already got this. 
You cannot be double-minded in this. What I'm trying to tell you, if you're double-minded, this is what you get. Zero, nada, zippo, nothing. God is wanting you to be all in and understand you can go, this is kind of like Star Trek, you can go where no man has gone before. Oh, all right. <laughs> Sometimes we confess things and before we ever see them, we negate it by our mouth. Or we're believing for something, we've sowed for something. And then we begin to speak against it because we didn't see it happen right away. So then it just never happened. So we say, I tried the faith thing and it didn't work. But if we really go back into a history, we've probably negated it in what we said. In our belief system. Because our belief system operates on stuff that we know. How you've, you've experienced life. So that's how you, you know, your heart, I experienced this, I got pain, I got sorrow. He did this, you did that, she did that. What, and so then that, that's your belief system. You're going to have to get past what you know. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You're going to have to get past the things that are seen to the things that are not. So I've got to overcome my flesh. If I don't have it yet, I've got to overcome my faith. The Bible says, by his stripes, I am healed. Doesn't say I will be healed. Doesn't say I could be healed. I should be healed. It says I am healed. Jesus has already done everything that you need on the cross. We have to take God for his word. We have to understand that when God says it, that settles it. If you don't believe it, doesn't make it not true. It still settles it. There are laws in the kingdom, and they operate whether you believe them or not. There are laws on this realm that operate. Gravity will operate. Brett, I don't believe in gravity. Happy for you. Go jump off the building. Let's see if it works. It will work. You will fall, and we will watch. And I will make a lot of money. There are laws. You cannot change those. They are already set in place. So we have to understand by the power of God. He can bring healing into my body. It's not that I have to beg God to do it. He's already done it. Now, we're going to have to catch this because, you, you know, the, I have walked around in pain. I don't know if you have. And I've had to say just the scripture, by his stripes, I am healed. There's a difference. I am healed. Or if I keep asking God, God, I need you to heal me because I don't feel healed. When does it go by your feelings? Think about the realm that you're going to be tempted in. This is past that realm. You're going to have to connect this dot past what you feel. And when you're able to do that, it brings it into the natural. Jesus bore everything on the cross. The devil knows that. Just, just to give you a heads up, he's sitting on, on this, what you need, and he's hoping you don't come for it. He's trying to block your view and hoping you don't see it. It's like going to the store, you find the item that you want, and then somebody comes and moves it just so they can find it later. But it's still there. They don't want you to know it. I'm telling you what, I'm tired. I'm coming after what God has for me. I'm coming after my health. I'm coming after my wealth. I'm coming after my peace. Coming after my joy. Everything that God has for me, I'm coming for it. This day, today. Today. I, you know, do you ever just want something today? God, give it to me today. Sometimes our today is every five minutes. I want this right now. Give it to me right now. 
God, I need that right now. But we have a today, God, so many times we, well, why didn't it happen? Why did, I guess I just don't have enough faith. It's just me. It's just, can I say something? Now, listen to me. The enemy wants to pull you back into that. Everything doesn't always happen in your time. But it does happen. Now, remember, faith is a no time zone. It's not operating by your time. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm getting this. You hear the person that said, God, can I have a million dollars? God said, well, what's a million dollars? You've probably heard the joke. I'll mess it up, so I'll just quit it right now. All he said was a day is a second or a second is a thousand years. And can I have a million dollars? And God said, give me a second. Okay, well, if I knew the joke, it'd be funnier. So next time, I'll try to make sure I know it before I tell it. It just happened to come to me when I was saying that. So anyway, this is what I'm trying to tell you. The enemy wants to pull you back. There are, there are things that are going to happen in your life where the enemy is just going to attack you. And sometimes you won't see instant results. Naaman had to dip how many times? Seven. What if he dipped five? Is God not big enough to do it in one dip? But, what, but the obedience was, you've got to dip seven times. Could you just, I mean, he's got leprosy. If you're naming, hey, I don't want to dip seven times because basically he said he didn't want to do it. One, two, this is stupid. Three, four. Finally, what if he just said, okay, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Then the dude still's got it. But if he does what he says, why is it seven? I don't know, but I'm telling you there's no time in that face zone. Why did they have to march around Jericho six times? On the seventh day, they were going to shout. Why was it six? You know, sometimes you got some stuff you got to do. And the enemy, in the meantime, is going to be saying, you can't, no, don't look over here. Hey, 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 you get your, and he's going to get your mind off of what God has for you. And you're going to have to have bulldog tenacity to say, you can get out of the way. That stuff's mine. You're going to have to show him what you know. Everything God has for me, I'm coming after it. I don't know about you, but I'll tell you what. I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck anymore. I don't want to be broke anymore. I don't want to be, you know, and I'm not saying being frivolous. I'm not saying being stupid with money. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just living the way God wants me to live. I'm talking about being able to bless people, being able to give like I've never given before, being able to do things. I'm tired of being wound up and been bound by what man says. I want to be loosed by what God says. I've been in fear long enough. I'm ready to be out of that. I've been sick long enough. I'm ready to be well. I'm ready to walk in his abundance. Some of you, you've been without a job. Are you ready to work? Got people, they think that because people start talking prosperity, they think they don't have to work. Where do you get that? If you don't work, you don't eat. God doesn't ask you to get a free ride. You're going to put your hand to whatever you do. But, buddy, I'm telling you, doing it God's way is a lot better. It is a lot better. Turn to your neighbor and say, today, today, this day, today is your day. We're going to connect dots today. Remember, faith comes by what? Hearing. 
If I can get you to build understanding, it builds your faith. And that process starts. And that understanding gives you confidence. And First John, it says, this is the confidence we have. If we ask anything in his name, he hears us and he'll do it. I like having confidence. John 4.24 says this, For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You want to worship God? He's spirit, man. And you just uh, God, God's going to tell you all truth. Genesis 1.1 says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we know the earth is physical, and God is what? Spiritual. So I want you to notice, something spiritual created something physical. So the greater reality is the spiritual. So who built the house is bigger than the house. Got it? We need to understand that. For the natural thing to exist, there has to be a component in the spirit for that natural thing to exist. So there's got to be a connection there. Everything material has its origin in the spirit. Material things are dependent upon spiritual things for their existence. And I've shared this with you before, but I am body, soul, and spirit. But the real me is spirit. If my spirit leaves, my body collapses. It can't function without my spirit. If it stays that way, my body will eventually just go back to dust. So for you to see it, for it to exist, it has to have a component in the spirit. For you to see it and for it to exist, there's got to be a spirit connection there. Material things are dependent upon spiritual things for their existence. No matter what it is, it needs the spiritual for his existence. Remember the demon-possessed man, the man from Gathering. You remember that. This guy was nuts. This guy was probably where they got the idea for Gollum in Lord of the Rings. The precious. I mean, he's crazy. He's doing nutty things. He's screaming like a a hound dog, and cutting himself with rocks, and he was a nut. When the demons were cast out, here he was sitting at the feet of Jesus, being normal. Now listen to me, why? Because what you saw manifested had a spiritual component in it. And you had to get rid of that, you had to go after that, so it would no longer exist. The demons had to be removed, not by the flesh. You can't do that by the flesh, but they have to be done by the authority, by the spirit that God put in you. Not just any spirit, but that spirit of the risen. Say, Isn't that cool to have Jesus' spirit inside you? But that spirit has all power. So that spirit has dominion. It is, it is the greater. And so that other spirit obviously answers to that one. So you have the authority. So the supernatural comes from God. You can't get this by your flesh. So your situation, no matter what it is, is first spiritual. Brett, you don't even know what I'm dealing with. I understand. Still spiritual. If I can deal with it on the spiritual level, if I can attack it from that level, the situation can be fixed. Let's say it one more time. The situation can be fixed. Now, I'm looking for a couple volunteers. Can I use James and Nathan since you guys look so great right there? Come here, James. Come here, Nathan. Give these guys a hand. Welcome to the Academy Awards. On my right, you'll see Nathan. Nathan. All right. Now, Nathan is a great guy, okay? But uh, this is all make-believe right now. No, no, you are a great guy. That's not (laughs) make-believe. 
Sorry, that's not what I meant. What I'm, what I'm about to say is make-believe. Hypothetical, okay? <laughs> Sorry. Nathan has this incredible rage problem. He is extremely gets upset. He is like a bomb waiting to happen. He is, whoo, you know, he is like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's upset. This is, this is James. Put the other one right up here. James is rage. So Nathan is walking around. And just go around the pulpit and come back where you guys were. So Nathan's going around, and anything that would ever happen that would go wrong with Nathan, now you don't, nothing's going to go wrong right now, so just control yourself, okay? <laughs> come back around here, James, and I want everybody to see you. So this is what happens. This is what happens. And what we do, and I'm just trying to show you something, because what we'll do in the natural is to just say, you know what, that Nathan, oh man, he's just working my, oh, I'm telling you, Nathan, I'm going to tell you, you should. And what we're doing is we're going after the wrong thing. We're, we're upset with Nathan. Nathan doesn't want rage on him any more probably than you want rage on Nathan, but he don't know how to get rage off of him. But you can try to go in the flesh and just say, I'm not going to be Nathan's friend. I'm not going to do anything with Nathan because all he does is pop off at the mouth and he called me this and he called me that and hmm, 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 hmm. And Rage is back here going, <laughs> the precious. That's what Rage is doing. Academy Awards are coming, I'm telling you. So what we have to do when we go in the spiritual, we don't pray against Nathan because God loves what? Nathan, and he loves you. Have you ever lost your temper? Have you ever said things you didn't want to say? Have you ever done anything you didn't want to do? Okay. We're not after Nathan, we're after rage. We're going to break rage off Nathan. We're going to ask God in the spirit, Lord, what is happening? Nathan's never acted this way before. He was always kind. What's happened to him? And God could say, well, Mr. Rage came over here and said, hi, Nathan. And got on Nathan and he won't leave him alone. So we're not going to attack Nathan, we're going to attack rage. We're going to go to this thing at the root. Give these guys a hand. Thank you, guys. You see, it's going to go to the root, which is the spirit. We can band-aid that. We can get Nathan to act right for a little bit. But we got to get something. What's causing Nate to do that? Let's deal with that. And if we deal with that, that's the demon-possessed man. They, you know, they tried in the flesh to control him. They put stuff on his wrist. They chained him up. And he just, wow, he's Tasmanian devil. The flesh didn't work. But when Jesus came, Jesus said, you're done. And he went right to the root, cut that off. And now the guy's like, I want to follow you. And everybody's like, who's this guy? Because he's acting in his right mind now. Why? Because they dealt with the root, the spirit. Ephesians 1, 3. All praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. You see, because we've come with Jesus, we've come and, and got saved, we've, we've come and been part of the family of God. So when people say we got saved, that just means we said, Jesus, I want to live for you. That's what saved is. That means we're saved. Everybody, get, everybody in here gets to live forever. Everybody. In the whole world, we get to live forever. Two places, heaven or hell, smoking or non-smoking, you get to pick. Okay? We're trying to get you to pick the non-smoking side. So Jesus wants you to come in, and he wants, you to say, he wants you to invite him in, and when you get invited in, you get saved. That's the Christian term for born again or whatever. But now you're going to live for him. 
you're going to get things like rage broke off you, like lust broke off you, like all kinds of crap broke off you. And you got to go in the spirit to get it broke off. Man can't do that. And the problem is we've tried to let man do it and man don't work that way. Because that's in the realm of the flesh. That's in the realm of the enemy where he can nail you. But if you can go in the spirit, he can't go there. He got kicked out of there, but you can. And you can connect with God by your faith and get that stopped. I can see scales dropping off people right now. Going, oh, that's good. So. There's situations in my life, my spiritual blessings haven't manifested yet. I don't know about you, but you got everything you need. I'm going to believe I have everything I need. I can't wait till it shows up. So I need to go get them, though. Remember last week we talked about faith that takes. I, know, I need to go get them and pull them in and get the situation out. Listen to what I just said. I'm going to use my faith. Remember, faith is servant to the believer. That's the currency in heaven. There's not money in heaven. You don't need money in heaven. Faith is servant to the believer. So we're going to use faith to do the things that God has called us to do. It's already mine in the spiritual, in the eternal, in the, in the no time zone. I should be dressed up like Rod Sterling right now. You've just entered another dimension. But that's what we're talking about. So I have to release my faith so that it comes into my life to replace what is already there. A sinner does not need to beg God to save him. I mean, they might do that, but God's already died for you. He's already made all the provision for you to be saved. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus. You don't have to beg. It's there. It's done. You receive him as Lord and Savior. Whether they know it or not, Jesus still died for them. He is their Savior. He belongs to them. He belongs to me. He belongs to all of us. If we receive him, everything he stands for now is mine according to being an heir. With Abraham, we have everything that Jesus promised. My kids are home. They want a glass of milk. They go to the refrigerator. They open it. They get a glass from the cupboard. They pour themselves a glass of milk. Put it away, shut the refrigerator. They don't even ask me what nerve. They don't have to ask me. We've already provided the milk for them. If they're hungry, they know where the food is. They just go get it and they eat it. They don't have to ask, Dad, can I have some crackers and bread and water? You. You've already had your three crackers today. They don't have to ask. They know right where all the stuff is. Our issue is they love provision so much. I'm not speaking that. <laughs> but we have got, listen, have you ever bought chips and you get them home? I'm saying in about an hour, you're like, hey, where's those chips? Oh, those were good. We don't have anything else to eat. Walmart's still open. Get in your car and go. You know what I'm saying? That's okay. But they don't have to ask. It's already there for them. I don't have to beg God what's already mine. Oh, God, please, please, please. God is saying, I've already given it to you. And see, my mentality growing up in church, and this is what I'm sick of, which just, you know, 
If at first you don't succeed, cry, cry again. If you were one of the three stooges, if at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. Or, you know? You do. It makes no sense, but I just could see Curly saying that. All right? You got to go after what God, he's already given it to you. So we got to start saying, all right, God. What you've already did on the cross. Everything that I need, you have supplied. I just need to receive it. So that's our point number two. Our job is reception. I mean, you can be the best quarterback in the world. I mean, you can put that ball right wherever you want. But if the guy can't catch it, it goes down as an incompletion. You got to have someone that's going to receive. God has put all that out of there. You got to catch it. I played football for years when I was growing up. And I had a coach, man, and he was the hardest coach ever. He was always in my face. Because he's, this is what he told me. I'm like, why are you always yelling at me? He, he said, because I see something in you. Good. Wish you quit looking at it. Whatever you're seeing. <laughs> but he would yell at me, and this is what he did. He said, if you can touch the ball, you better catch it. If you can touch it, you better catch it. I played left halfback. And I, they'd throw me the ball on flare passes and stuff, and I'd, I'd catch it. Sometimes I dropped it, and we'd run. Well, one time I fumbled. He didn't like that at all. He said, oh, Mr. Butterfingers, Mr. Gleesman, you can just go ahead and run a mile. He made me run a mile, man. I ran that mile, and on my way back, I'm like, <gasps> he goes, I didn't like how you ran. Do it again. Man, I tell you what, I didn't fumble anymore. My point, my point is this. Our job is reception. Once we get what God has given us, man, hang on to it. Get on to it tight. Don't, don't let it go because the enemy is after the word. He's going to try to knock it out of your hands. He wants you to fumble. He wants you to start second guessing yourself. He wants you to start saying, you know, maybe I didn't run the right route. Why did this come back? Why didn't this happen? Why didn't he get healed? Maybe I didn't. You need to tell the enemy to shut up. You need to start saying, you know what? We're going to run the play. And we're going to run it. We're going to run it. We're going to run it. And we will score. We will score. I've read the book. Ladies and gentlemen, we win. Our job is reception. The Bible says receive it. Listen to me. If I receive what God, what is of God, if I receive what is of God, then what I have that's not of God will go. What I receive that God is giving me, then what I have that isn't of God will go. The demoniac couldn't stay possessed because Jesus come busting in there. If he's busting in, the enemy is busting out. See, if you replace what God, what the enemy's putting in, replace it with God, the enemy has to leave. If you pull weeds, plant flowers. Reception. Two things can't occupy the same place at the same time. Deliverance belongs to me, belongs to you. His ability belongs to me, belongs to you. His peace belongs to me, belongs to you. His joy belongs to me, belongs to you. His wealth belongs to me, belongs to you. You are heirs to the kingdom. Everything starts in the spirit, so I got to receive it from there first. I can't get it from my flesh. Because flesh can't receive something in the spirit. Can't cross over there. What's flesh is flesh and what's spirit is spirit. So I can believe that when I pray, I receive. Brett, what happens if I don't feel anything? 
This is not about your feelings. It is not. It's about what I just received. It's about what I believe is truth. What I believe is fact. What I believe is ultimate truth. Do I receive it? Well, I don't see it. You don't have to see it. Because that's how you see it first. Well, Brett, it's not for me. I'll never have any... I'll never be debt free. I'll never pay my car off. I'll never do this. I'll never have a house like that. I'll never. Well, you probably won't because you don't see yourself doing that. You got to start saying, God, what do you want for me? How can I serve you in such a greater dimension? You know what I'm going to. Let me just tell you, here's a secret. God is not going to just bless you so that you can look like you're the rich and the famous. That's not what that's about. God, if he's blessing you, it's so you can increase his kingdom. Now, he's going to give you some nice things along the way, I grant it. But I'm telling you, at any time, they're not my things. If he wants to give them to somebody else, he can. Because they're his. We've got to understand that we, we just want to bring the kingdom here. On earth, as it is in heaven. See, some of us are just waiting until we die. Oh, dear God, I can't wait to get to heaven. When I get to heaven, it'll all be good. Well, probably will be, yeah. But don't you think you'd... I mean, unless you like living like that. I think God wants you to be such examples that people will say, how'd that happen? And we'll just say, God did it. God did it. And let me show you how he does it. I want you to understand this. All sickness has a root. Jesus came so we could have faith to lay the axe to the root. All sickness has a root. We've got to cut it off at the root. You can cut out strife in your house. You've got to do it at the root. And you can only get the access to get to the root by the spirit. We can't get to rage that spirit by our flesh. We can tell all day. We can get in Nathan's face and we can work our neck and we can say clever things. But you know what? We're not doing anything to the root. Have you ever seen somebody that just knows how to act at the right time? Because that enemy, he knows how to hide and he knows how to pop up his ugly head. And you can play whack-a-mole all day long. But man, if you get to the root, you're about to unplug the machine. And he can't stick his head up no more because he can't live there. You know, so many times I go and people are like, I just want this to stop. And they want me to pray. I need this out of my house. Friends, I can get whatever you got in your house out of your house. But sooner or later, I'm going home. What are you going to do in your house when I leave? You got to get in the spirit and say, I take authority. I'm connecting this. Flesh can't do that. Every material thing has its origin in the spirit. 2 Corinthians 4.18. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things which we see now will soon be gone. Things we cannot see will last forever. Whatever condition in your life right now that does not line up with the word of God is subject to change. Whatever condition in your life right now that does not line up with the word of God is subject to change. I've told people, you've probably told people or you've heard it, we speak directly to situations that they want to change in their life. 
you know, you'll hear me say, I'll line up with the word of God. People say, well, what do you say? I don't know what to say. I don't know what to speak. And here's what you have to understand. I'm going to, I'm going to help all of us because I need help on it. Sometimes you, you do something right and you go, how'd I do that? How'd I do that? How did that happen? And you want to like, Lord, don't let me forget it. Don't let me forget it. This is what you do. The answer is pretty simple. You speak the desired end result. And there'll be people that'll say, well, I can't do that because that's not truth. That's lying. If, if my back hurts and I'm speaking, my back doesn't hurt. Think about what I just said. I'm not, I'm not denying that my back hurts now. I'm saying, Father, in Jesus' name, this cannot stay. My flesh can't do anything about it, but I can go into the spirit by his stripes, I am healed. I can grab a little bit of that and I can put my faith to it. Faith is servant to the believer. My back. Thank you, God. I just speak, Father, my back. Everything is fine. Everything is good. I've, my muscles are good. My tendons are good. God, I have full flexibility in my back. I am good to go. Speak the desired end result. Don't, you don't have to speak any more than that. Just speak what you know that's true. Jesus just said stuff that's very simple. Peace be still. That's all he said to a violent storm. Peace be still. That's kind of like, shut up and sit down. That's, you know, sometimes moms, sometimes you're women of few words. Your kids will have all kinds of things and finally just say, shut up, sit down. My mom said things like this, shut up and answer me. Peace be still. He said to the fig tree, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And the fig tree died. He's speaking. We need to imitate him. How many of us, if Jesus is doing it, we could do that. That's, let's do what he did. So how did that happen? How did the waves stop? How did the fig tree die? Remember, I told, I told you last week, listen, if you look at the progression or look at the sequence, he spoke to the wind first, the unseen he spoke to the roots the unseen you can't see the roots you can't see the wind and then that materialized in the scene when the wind stopped the waves calmed down when the roots died the tree withers so we have to follow his example we have to speak with what we need we have to speak and we just got to quit talking so much speak faith speak what god says I wrote this in my notes, and I, I still, and I've been guilty of this. Think about just man doing stuff. If we were talking to the fig tree, and we, instead of just saying, nobody's going to eat fruit from you ever, and we'd walk away. That's what Jesus did. We'd come over, I curse you fig tree, the very leaves of you shall die. Ah, your figs will look nasty and gnarly. You, all the ground around you will, and we'll just go on and on. Because we'll sound more religious and more spiritual. Spiritual. People will like to hear us pray. I've been in rooms where it just seemed like whoever wanted to be most spiritual prayed the loudest. I couldn't wait to get out of the room. Jesus didn't say we were heard because of much talk. We were heard because of the faith in the name of Jesus. Jesus, he just spoke the end result and he never looked back. Just done. It was just done. When you're praying for people, 
We, we claim and we believe for their healing. It's just done. Now, and again, I put my pants on just like you do, one leg at a time. But, I mean, there's times you just go in, you just take authority. And you need people sometimes that can make that connection and you're trying to figure out how to make it. Isn't that what Jesus did? He just, this is what he did. Walk with me. Isn't that true? Follow me. And you know how they learned? They watched him do it. Is Jesus not cool? We went in and saw uh, Xavier in the uh, ER. His fever was 102 something. We went in, we just took authority over that. His fever broke immediately and went down. I'm just saying, God's just amazing. Why? Not because of me, because of faith. Tad and Ashley, they're believing, they're agreeing right there with me. You understand what I'm saying? We were able to pull something from the unseen and bring it into the scene. You got to watch what you get yourself in agreement with. He spoke the end result, never looked back. What enabled him to operate with such simple certainty? Because he knew whose he was. He knew what he came to do. He was confident in his authority. His words carried much power and authority, and so do yours. He knew without question that the power of Almighty God backed him, and every word that he said would come to pass. When you operate in faith, you can be just as confident. God will back you just like he backed Jesus. That's amazing to me. Speak to your situation with authority and speak confidently. I want to share a story. I shared it in first service. I'm going to share it now. We'll, we'll finish this. We'll finish this next week. But I want you to hear a story. Are you up for it? Good. <laughs> I'm just going, I want to try to explain to you how, how some of this connection works. And again, I'm talking from my own life because I don't know the stories in your life. So I, I can't tell those because I don't know them. So I'm telling you mine. All right. <clears throat> I, uh, I said this before, I'll, I'll say it again, I am a grill master. I love to grill out. I like, to grill. I like the way it smells, I like the way it tastes, I like the way it looks. I like charcoal, Kim pretty much, she likes charcoal, but she kind of likes natural gas. The one thing about a gas grill, it's just tick, 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 woof, and you can cook. Charcoal, it's like, you got to wait till it gets ready and you know. So, uh, but I like to cook, and we've had grills for years. We've been in our house for about nine years. We probably had to grill about eight of them, I guess. And we, you know, and so the grill had kind of seen its time. So it's, it's metal, but it had two wheels on it, and for me to use it, I'd have to pull it to the end of the barn so the smoke doesn't fill the barn. And, you know, and every time you move it, it wants to get a little more wiggly. It's kind of like one of those particle shelves you put together, and every time you move it, it just has a little more swag with it. Just kind of, you know, it's kind of like us guys, how bad we think we are when we're in a car when we used to shoot the loop. What it is, man. You know, just kind of leaning over to the side. So that's kind of what's happened. So this girl, and I'm praying over this girl, and she'd have me grilling in the winter, and I love to grill. So we'd be out there in December, you know, I got to park on in the middle of a blizzard. Woohoo! We're cooking steak, you know, and the neighbors are looking out the window, what's he doing? <laughs> I'm over there, depression. No. <laughs> So I'm doing this grill, okay? Well, the grill is just so wobbly. I went to cook the other day, and it just collapsed. <laughs> just folded down on the ground. I'm, now I'm sitting here thinking, should I grill off the floor? So I unhooked the gas tank, and I thought, oh. And I went in and told Kim, I said, we're not grilling. I, the grill collapsed. and She said, well, what are we going to do? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know. 
So I just, I was mad. So I just let it sit there for two or three weeks. You ever do that? Then I had to look at it. Every time I walked in the barn, rasa, frasa, rasa, there's the grill. So I told Zach, I said, hey, Zach, will you help me? Will you come and get the grill? You hold it up, and I'm going to try to screw some things in it to get it to stand up. Zach, great young man. Yeah, sure, Dad, no problem. So he comes out there. But what I don't understand is underneath the grill, or what I didn't realize, it's all nasty. It's all slimy and black, greasy, and and, and I got a screwdriver, and I got bigger screws trying to put them in these warped little wallet-out screw things. And have you ever seen Home Alone where the guy has the gun and it's grease and, and Marv and Harry are like, shoot him. And he's like, I'm trying. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to screw this stuff in there. I got grease all over my hands. It's getting in my hair. And I'm telling you as a pastor, if I ever wanted to cuss, oh boy. I mean, I've got words coming in my mind I haven't even thought of for years. And Zach's just standing there. But I passed the test. I didn't curse, but I'm telling you what, I was talking out loud real nice. I'm trying to screw this screwdriver in, my hand's flopping off, I've dropped the screw about 17 times, and he's going, you got it, Dad! Because this poor guy's holding up this stupid grill. So I finally, I'm getting that grill in, and I'm, I'm talking out loud, thank you, God, for this grill. I thank you. Oh, God, what a good grill. Oh, and I said, God, I'm going to be thankful for the new grill. I got active seed out there, God. You're going to give me another grill. I don't know how I'm going to get it. Well, whatever you want to do is fine. But until then, I'm going to love this one. I'm going to work on this one. Oh, it's going to be awesome. And I'm trying to screw that in. And then I'm like, I don't know. I can't even hardly turn the screwdriver. I got so much grease on my hand. And this hit me. Twist ties. Oh, zip ties. Yes, I got some of those. So Zach's still holding that grill, bless his heart. He's got like marathon grill holding. He gets that award. I went over and I twist tied like six of those puppies on there. And then we let it go. I said, let it go. The grill's. But it's standing. It's just, you know, I moved it and it's all doing that. So I got some burgers. Man, I, I, I cooked some burgers on it. And I'm thinking, I don't know. You open the lid and the grill goes. I'm like, okay. But I'm all right. I'm like, okay. Because remember, now Listen confession your thoughts are going to lead your life your confession will negate it or it'll bring it to pass come on and so even in the midst of that fire that trial you know when you get thoughts like that you might think i've it's what you do with the thoughts that when they come that's when the sin happens the enemy is going to get you, and now listen, in that natural realm. That's where he's going to try to nail you. In your mind, your will. He's going to try to get you in all your five senses. He's going to mess with you like nobody's messed with you before. And it's when you're doing something like I'm telling you. It's when you want to get something done, and you turn around and you spill something. You go to pick it up, you knock something else off. It's like the Allstate commercial. The ladder hits the bucket, the bucket hits that, hits this, breaks the window, and you want to go, oh boy. You just go, ah, it's those times that he's putting that to you and you've got to say, oh, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you that I'll use this. Whatever you want me to do, I mean, at that time, I'd have given that grill to an Eskimo if he would have wanted me to. If he would have said, just throw it away, I'd have been, you okay. You know, I'm all right, whatever you say, but I'm, I'm speaking life. Oh, Lord, I thank you for a new grill, but I will use this one. I will use it. I mean, I couldn't even bless anybody with it. You wouldn't have wanted that grill. You'd have been like, what kind of a person are you to give me this grill? Well. (laughs) 
So true story, true story. This is actually, this is what happened. So that's always said. I cooked the burgers on it and I was done with it. Now listen to me. This is real important. This is worth the price of admission and you didn't pay to get in here. So this is really important. Okay. I believed what I said already happened. I, I put it in force. I didn't say it flippantly. Thank you, God. I know I got seed out there that's active and God. Somehow I will get a nice grill. You will give it to me. You'll, figure, you'll tell me how to do it. Now, here's the problem. Because in America, and when, when preachers have talked about this, people think you don't have to work. You just have to sit on your laurels and God will just rain money down. And No, 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 no. Listen, you don't work, you don't eat. You have to put your hand to it. Your faith is not going to do anything till you activate it. Faith without works is... So you're going to have to go into that other realm and pull that back. So did you mean it? Oh, bless God, I did. I meant everything I said, and I forgot about it because I was content to rest in what I said. You getting it? If you rest, he works. If you work, he rests. That's worth the price of coming in, and it's free. If you rest... Then I took my hands off of it. Let what I'm calling in, call things that are not as though they are. I'm going into that to say, you know, could I, I'm sure there's better grills out there than what I got. But boy, this the one I got is awesome. Because a day later, a day later, I am sitting in my house. I just came in from the office, sitting in my house. I see a truck pull in. And I'm thinking, who's that? I go outside and I'm not even going to tell you who it is. But this is what the person said. They said, hey. Lord told me to give you a grill. Where do you want it? I, my, I mean, my eyes start tearing up. I'm like, what? He said, I'm just, I'm here to deliver your grill. Where do you want it? I want it over here. I got pictures, man. It's awesome. I mean, it is like this coolest grill. I look like Bobby Flay. I'm saying it is awesome. I'm just like, wow. And what I'm telling you is, how did that happen? That happened because I was able to get in the spiritual. God loves you. Now, I'm sure there's huger grills out there, but I'm telling you, this grill will meet more than my need. It is awesome. It has wheels on all four legs, even has a handle. And if you push it, it just goes. Hmm. It doesn't go. Doesn't do that. That's amazing. Why? Because if you rest, he works. You got to now remember the situation we had with Nathan and James. Listen to me. You got to understand how this stuff works. This works by faith. Your flesh can't do anything about it. You can get all mad. You can get all up in the grill. Here now, you get up in your grill. I've been hanging around Patrick too much. You, you, you can get all. You can get up in. You know that's mad isn't going to do anything. You can get all mad at the devil. He's going to let your emotions erupt. He's okay with that. It's not your mad that's going to scare him. He's not scared by madness. He's not scared by your anger. What he's scared is your faith. He, there is stuff over there, and this is what he's doing. Don't look. Don't, hey, over here. Hey, you're never going to get that fixed. Hey, Gleesman. <laughs> God's so good. How come your grill's broke? You know, he's doing stuff like that. But on the other side of him is a brand new grill saying, come on, daddy. Hey, Bobby. That's what that's saying. But I can't see it if I'm going to stay in the flesh. 
The problem with us, me included, is I've stayed in the flesh. I get all wrapped up in the situation. I get all wrapped up in the circumstance. And God's saying, you got to go past that. you got to get to the spirit. If you can get to the spirit, then the flesh stuff goes, woo. You know, and this person didn't know what I prayed. This person didn't know I called that in. God just said, I'm using you. You can do that too. We're going to finish this next week. We're going to learn how to breathe faith air. And we're going to see things happen. Testimonies are going to fly in. They've already started coming in. In these last several weeks, we started talking about faith. God said, you need to teach them what I'm showing you. So I'm just telling you, I don't have it all down. I'm just working on it myself. Okay? We'll do it together. All right? We'll figure this thing out. But man, testimonies are going to come in. And after this, we're going to do a whole series on God's way. I, I haven't found any way better than God's way. All right? Bow your heads.